of 8 o'clock. Welcome you back. TSL for your Thursday. 656-9900. Chance to play the game coming up in the next 15 minutes. Turn our attention to Destin, Florida. Jimmy Himes joining us as he has the last couple of days from the SEC spring meetings. Things getting ready to wrap up. A lot of votes going to be taking place tomorrow uh, to wrap things up there in the state of Florida. The Sunshine State, where Jimmy, for the seventh consecutive day here in East Tennessee, we have temperatures over 90 degrees. I don't know what you're doing today, but perhaps maybe, Jimmy Himes, with it being National Mint Julep Day and there's no horse racing going on, perhaps maybe you're you're taking in a couple of beverages down there with umbrellas in them. I know there's no umbrellas in a mint julep, but, you know, it's worth the thought, man. Good morning. I can't remember the last time I had a drink with an umbrella in it. I think we can arrange one when but, you get uh, home. Actually, it was at the Kentucky Derby party I went to. Never mind. Yeah, see, Jimmy, look, you work so hard, man. Sometimes these things, you just overlook them. Um, I want to say, Never though, mind. I want to give you a compliment, though. And, and you, you already know you're one of the hardest working people here in Knoxville Media and in SEC Media. I was a huge, huge fan of the Bruce Pearl chat that you had yesterday. Now, we'll get to Tennessee's SEC schedule coming up momentarily, and, and clearly you sat down with, with the former Tennessee basketball coach uh, before the schedule was announced. But I will say, uh, fantastic stuff available at Sports Radio WNML. Uh, for the people who haven't had a chance to give it a click yet, some of the things you touched on with Bruce Pearl were what? Well, first off, we talked about the announcer that was the voice of Auburn for over about 25 years that had passed away in a car wreck. We talked to him about uh, going to the Final Four, about Auburn getting there, about Charles Barkley, the fan, about how Bruce Pearl had to adjust his team because he got really basically nothing out of Wiley, the big man who was supposed to be a star. Yeah. Uh, and then Purifoy didn't play very well this year, and so he had to center his game around two guards, uh, Harper and Brown. And I, I, and then he had uh, a guy named Kumo Kiki who really came through and played well. But Bruce talked about adjusting on the fly. Now, one of the things I thought was interesting was that a couple of years ago in South Carolina made the Final Four, when Frank Martin walked into the basketball meeting room down here, they gave him a standing ovation. I asked Bruce if they did that for him, and he said no. He said, I'm not that popular. He said, the only thing I cared about was when I was at Tennessee, I wanted to be popular among the fans. And when I'm at Auburn, I want to be popular among the fans, but I'm not popular among my fellow coaches. So I thought, <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. I'll tell you what I found interesting about that conversation was the fact that he wanted to put the rest, the fact that he believes, and he gave a, a, what I believe was a, a you know excellent, an excellent explanation. If Chuma Okiki doesn't tear his ACL in that Carolina game, I, I yeah. firmly believe, Jimmy, that Auburn wins the national championship. Bruce doesn't believe so, and I thought he gave you a, a, a very well-thought-out explanation. Yeah, it was interesting. He said that uh, if Okiki hadn't been hurt, he would have gone through Okiki a lot during the course of that game in North Carolina, and that would not have been his best matchup. His best matchup was to go to his guards, but he said he probably wouldn't have done that because he had such a good player as Okiki, and so – he doesn't think he'd have won that game because he thinks he, he might might have coached himself out of it by focusing more on Kiki and not his guards who ripped North Carolina apart. But he was very pleased, as he pointed out, to beat what was it, Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina in back-to-back-to-back games. Yeah. That had never been done before in the NCAA tournament. All right, enough about Bruce, at least from a positive standpoint. Tennessee fans, I'm sure, shaking a fist at the radio. They're going to get a chance to see a lot of Bruce coming up next year. Yesterday, the SEC rolled out uh, the SEC 
conference matchups for next year. And I do have to say, on yep. top of everything that Tennessee has to face non-conference-wise, uh, Jimmy, they're going to have to see Bruce a lot next year because on top of the permanent opponents, which are Kentucky, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt, they're going to get a home-and-home home not only with Bruce Pearl and Auburn, but they're going to see a new face in Eric Musselman and the Arkansas Razorbacks as well. Your thoughts on the splits home and away in the SEC schedule for the Vols? Well, I actually I like the fact they're playing Auburn twice. I, I, I think Auburn's a quality opponent. Uh, there's a buzz about it because Bruce Pearl is there, no doubt about it. And so I, I like to see that. I like the way that schedule unfolds for Tennessee. So I, I don't know if that's um, I throw it in the hopper and then it, it falls out that way based on what some computer says or whether it was intended to be that way, knowing the rivalry between Tennessee and Auburn, Tennessee and Bruce Pearl. But I like the way that unfolds, and I think it's a very attractive schedule from the SEC standpoint. From an SEC standpoint, yes. And I will say this, Jimmy, when you look at the homes and the road splits, Again, these are the home SEC opponents that Tennessee gets. And we've already brought up who are the five home and homes. But the other single matchups at home, Tennessee gets Mike White in Florida, Kermit Davis in Ole Miss, Buzz Williams, who, my personal opinion, I've always been a Buzz Williams fan. I think he's a top 15, top 20 coach in the country, Marquette and Virginia Tech. They get A&M at home, and they also get Will Wade in LSU at home. So I will say, outside of the home and homes, the matchups you want to have, Tennessee caught a little bit of a break because these big matchups against some of these bright-minded coaches, they do get at Thompson Bowling Arena next year. Yeah, uh, I like that, and I like the way that breaks out. And I think that uh, it's going to be easy to sell season tickets for Tennessee. You have a very attractive package. Unlike some years in football where there might only be one or two marquee games, you got a whole lot in basketball. And so uh, I think there's great value for your money for a season ticket in men's basketball the way they're going. So. I agree with you. I think that schedule plays out well for Tennessee. Uh, speaking of the schedule, again, a lot of voting going to be going down tomorrow, Friday, there in Destin, Florida. Some of the things coming up on Thursday, Jimmy, and, and what are some of the highlights we can find over at SportsRadioWNML.com? The main one that's going to be voted on is whether or not to allow alcohol to be sold at sporting events and non-premium seat areas. Uh, the majority of people I've talked to have said they believe it's going to pass. But sometimes, and this is a vote of presidents and chancellors. Those that are underneath them think it's going to pass. They either know what their presidents or chancellors are thinking, or it's what they want to happen. But I do think they will go in that direction. Uh, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, said that selling alcohol would not be strictly an effort to increase attendance. He said there are a lot of other factors involved with attendance. For example, winning. Okay, that helps your attendance more than selling alcohol. Uh, in Florida, they had a beer garden. The beer garden was set right outside the stadium. They mm-hmm. felt like it went well. I asked how much revenue was derived. They didn't really know. It wasn't a ton of money. But I, I do think they're heading in that direction. I think they're going to try to do just about anything to help the fan experience to get people in the in the stand. And, and um, now what's kind of funny, though, is that we're talking to Greg Brown, the athlete director of Alabama, and he said Alabama's challenge is keeping fans in the stand. Whereas every, most everybody else's challenge is getting people in the stand. So I think I'd rather have the challenge of keeping them there than getting there. Uh, and, and Alabama's issue a, a lot of times is they're blowing somebody out 48 nothing, uh, or their students get, the students get bored and they leave. So, but, um, anyway, the, one of the big challenges around college football is, uh, is turnstile attendance, not paid attendance, but turnstile attendance. And so, uh, the SEC is going to work toward trying to improve that, and I do think alcohol sales will be one of those factors. 
Jimmy, what is your uh, handicap on some of the courses you've been visiting down in the state of Florida when you're not busting your rear end? Hadn't seen one. Are you kidding me, Jimmy? Come on, you got to take time. You got to take. You got to take time away for you sometimes, man. That'll be this morning. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, the Thursday morning of the SEC, they have golf and tennis outings, and so I'll I'll play golf, uh, and that'll be it. And then in the afternoon, there's some meetings. I've got a couple of interviews set up. Uh, and then uh, Steve Shaw, the coordinator of football officials, will meet with us at 4.30 Central Time. Yeah. He usually goes about 90 minutes, and he goes over all the rule changes and so forth. So uh, that'll be today. Tonight will be the awards lunch, uh, and then uh, awards dinner, I'm sorry. And then uh, tomorrow, they will have the vote of presidents and chancellors. We expect Greg Sankey to conduct his meeting to go over all that at around 1 or 1.30. Uh, just a couple of quick notes. I thought it was funny. Uh, John Calipari dropped out there that there was a possibility of Kentucky playing a men's basketball game in London. So I saw Mitch wow. Barnhart, and I asked him about that. And he said, oh, well, that sounds exciting. That's the first I've heard of that. And I'm like, what? He said, look, Ted, we get approached about going a lot of places. And he said, there's nothing final about anything. He said, uh, but right now my thinking is I'd like to play at home or near home. So we'll see how that one goes. But I thought that was pretty funny that Calipari's out there talking about going to London in the AP, although I think with tongue-in-cheeks, that's the first he's heard of it. Um, so but the other thing, too, that Sankey mentioned, uh, quickly touched on football scheduling, he said the goal for each team in the league is to pay, play 10 quality opponents. Now, obviously, you're considering a non-conference, uh, you're any conference opponent quality, even though a team may be 1-11. Right. Uh, so that's, that's eight of your games. And they want them to have two other opponents that would be considered quality. Now, just because it's power five, doesn't mean it's quality. There, there's some teams in the F- FCS uh, that are better than some power five teams, but uh, they want to be able to claim ten quality uh, football games. He said there are three schools in the league doing it this year: Georgia, Florida, and South Carolina. And uh, he he would like. And part of the reason he wants them to make sure the schedule is beefed up, it's not about getting in the playoffs. It's about getting fans in the stands. Absolutely. That's what they're trying to do. So that's that's one of the focuses. And I, and I agree with that. I think that's a big part of it. Um, so um, we'll see if uh, if more teams go in that direction. And this year, Tennessee, uh, the way I see it, I, I think BYU would be considered a quality opponent. Uh, the other three were not. So that would put Tennessee with nine quality opponents. If you view BYU as quality opponent, not big. Uh, the focus here locally in Knoxville is getting Jimmy Himes verified on Twitter and seeing that I don't have that power just yet. Jimmy, I will verbally give you the blue check mark and encourage everybody to stop by to check out the interview section from Destin at sportsradiownml.com. Hey, uh, apply plenty of sunscreen, okay? Because uh, I don't, I don't want to see a red lobster when you come back to town, yeah? I may need to apply it to my putter. We'll see if we can get that thing working. Jimmy Himes, we appreciate it, sir. Thank you. I do want to mention uh, thanks to Rick McGill and to Fleet Tire for making this possible and to UT Athletics for making this trip possible to cover the SEP Spring Meeting. Thanks, Jimmy Himes. Thank you, Jimmy.